no fucking hang, running with the gang, no need to explain, I pull up and it's fire, they cannot contain, me moving through the lane, every little setback, I step back in and it's fire, no fucking hang, running with the gang, no need to explain, I pull up and it's fire, they cannot contain, me moving through the lane, every little setback, I step back in and it's they tried to put nicks in my armor, but I've been mellow since college. Made this vixen a mama. And Welcome back to He's on Fire podcast, everybody. We've got the one and only Darth John Voita from Sun's Jam Session in the house tonight. And I just kind of want to go back a memory road a little bit. I want to talk about the importance of this past season. Where does it rank overall as far as the Phoenix Suns uh, seasons as a whole? Is this the best regular season team? Is there another one that we can think of? There's a handful, so I want to get into that, but I want to appreciate the little things. We're also going to talk about Brooklyn and them winning over the Cavaliers. We're going to talk about the game going on right now. We've got a lot to get into, but please share, subscribe, like, review, hit the hit the bell, all that fun stuff, please. We really appreciate your support. We're going to be putting out a lot of content during the playoffs because it is all suns all the time. But first, I need to bring on my co-host, Jay Joyce. How are we doing, man? I'm doing all right, man. Just uh, just uh, score watching, man. Uh, the game uh, going on right now is uh, just neck to neck. Uh, both of these teams want to win, and that Cleveland Nets game too. Uh, like uh, both better both than I thought. Wanted to win. Yeah, it was a lot better than I thought, and I came to the conclusion that Garland is uh, very special. He's going to be very special in the league, and yeah, he's a force to be reckoned with in the next couple and, of years. But and uh, if they I'm doing had- well, man. If they had a Jared Allen or, or one more little piece, I think they could have definitely made even more moves. All those backdoor cuts, man. All those backdoor cuts. Mm-hmm. Weak side defense. How many times do we got to say it? But we need to bring on our special guest. The reason everybody's really here is to watch this man, John Voita. What is going on, man? Hey, I'll tell you. This is the He's on Fire podcast. That new intro is fire. Bang! Let's go. That's fantastic. Everyone likes a good Mike Green, Mike Breen bang, right? When Hell it's for your yeah, team. yeah, they do. <laughs> He's on fire. <laughs> it's fantastic. How we doing? How we doing, gents? I'm over here. I'm doing the same thing. I'm kind of scoreboard watching. I just saw a commercial for Orange Jameson. What the hell is Orange Jameson? <laughs> I mean, no thanks. Yeah, like, I know they did I get that it. with we're, like tequilas and stuff. We're but. we're Planet Orange, right? We should embrace those kind of things, but like orange and whiskey. I mean, an old-fashioned kind of. You do an orange zest, but outside of that, like, I don't know what they're There's trying to do There's a line there. we need to draw here, and that might be it. It's It's been drawn. Orange Jameson is where we draw the line. Facts. <laughs> Absolutely. And, yes, Minnesota is going to beat the Flippers. They just might, but this is the a young team. The question is, do we want them to? Ooh. Who are we going for, sons? I was going to say jamsters. <laughs> uh, so used to being on the Suns Jam Session podcast. Subscribe, rate, review. All right, so what, what do you call your your followers? Oh, you know what? You, we don't. You don't have, have a nickname for him. He's on the. We're not going to call him Flamers. He's on yeah. fire. Flame. We're not, not going to do that. Well, they have no. like the flaming ballers on the solar panel podcast as well. Yeah. Okay, that's right. Jokes. Can't can't do that. No. Jamsters, we got. <laughs> um, he's on fire. What should we call you? What should? Come on, guys, in the chat. If you're watching along live, let us know in the chat. What What do you want to be referred to as? Number one and number two. Do who do we want to win this game right now? Do we want the Clippers to win and they get the seven seed? Therefore, and, and that's what Iverson Vlog says right now. Shout out to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kind of agree with that mode of thinking. Um, and I was actually texting 
my co-host, Matthew Lissy, who I believe you're having on Thursday, correct? Correct. Absolutely. So he, I was texting him. He's like, either the Clippers win or they lose twice would be great. Roy says the Fury gang. Okay. We're getting close. I'm, I'm feeling that. We're getting close there. I like that one. The Dwayne Bacon gang. <laughs> okay so so gangs in there yeah you got to do something like that got to get some good alliteration yeah i mean on twitter i always say bang bang sung's gang i mean so it's got to have some sort of gang in there and paul george with a step back three to go up four right now by the way 77 73 um and to answer your question I don't I've seen in this game now I only got to watch the first quarter part of the second quarter and then with about eight minutes left of the third I started watching again but I'm seeing the T-Wolves do things to the Clippers that I didn't expect them to when I see the T-Wolves attacking the Clippers just going straight at them every time you know yeah no and problem there so and and but they are losing they don't have the firepower to, to keep up with them in my it's because they have though. Carl Anthony Town they have playoff Carl Anthony Towns likes to get four fouls and make like one field goal no through points. three quarters. <laughs> oh, and He's then never- Marcus Morris just hit and got fouled. So now yeah, they're going to be I up six that. and going to the line. Yeah. Uh, JV says the fire gang. There you go. We're close. Like we're close. We're not there yet. We'll, we'll, we'll figure it out by the end of the podcast. Absolutely. Uh, Fabio, he brings up, if anybody doesn't know him on Twitter, Holy talent, you guys. Go check him out. He is very, very talented on the strings of the guitar. Let me tell you. I, I just sat there and I watched all his videos. That guy is talented. So please check him out on Twitter. And Fabio, drop your at just so everybody can follow you as well. Scott Foster is the biggest threat to the Suns on that court. Do you think the refs are going to play that much of a deal in this playoffs like they did to DA in the Buck series last year? Jay, you want to take that one, or you want me to fire away? Uh, uh, you you can go ahead. I've gone on my ref tangents yeah. enough. <laughs> All right, it's 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 kind of terrifying, you know. Think taking a look at where the Suns are relative to where the opposition is when it comes to free throw attempts. It's pretty significant. I think that mm. I was in the chat watching you do the pod uh, probably sometime last week. And after doing the math, they came out, you know, they, they have almost 200 more free throw attempts on the season. And if you take a look at the last two weeks of the season, that number really started to grow. And, yeah. you know, in talking to my co-host, one of the things that Matthew pointed out is we're a team that doesn't get to the line because we don't put ourselves in situations to get to the line, i.e., we don't drive aggressively. We're not doing a lot of the little things that, uh, get rewarded if you will chris paul's not going to be taking it to the rim a a ton of time because he's trying to preserve his body devin booker for the most part is a uh, a spot up shooter or somebody who shoots from the mid-range deandre is very strategic in the way that he operates where he doesn't go through people he tries to go around them good bad or indifferent so we don't really have a team that gets us to the line so i think the free throw disparity is something of note and something that's going to continue to happen but if you take a look at the way that the Suns operate, despite all of their statistics, and I think they're 27th, if I remember correctly, in free throw attempts, uh, something along those lines, they they still are one of the top offensive teams. They know how to operate without getting to the line. Now, right. obviously, in the playoffs, you want to get to the line uh, because it's free points. It's an opportunity to rest. Any opportunity to rest and still get points in these high-stress situation games is a plus. But it's just not Phoenix Suns basketball. 
So I know that frustration is going to occur for Suns fans because that free throw disparity, much akin to last year, what was it? The first game of the playoffs against the Lakers, they had shot like 19 more free throws than us. Yep. Obviously, yeah. the NBA Finals happened. So those are two teams that foul bait, right? They have players who just try to go through you. So we're going to run into those situations. I think the thing that's beneficial for the Suns this year versus last season is the depth we have, especially at center, where the majority of those fouls occur. So we can mm-hmm. continue to throw guys out there who can be effective to where it might not necessarily equate to losses. It's just going to equate to, in the long run, tiring down the opposition. If you're going to foul people, make them earn it. If Giannis is coming down that lane, don't just give him a ticky-tack foul. Swipe at the wrist. You know, put, put Give him a couple stingers. Hurt him. Not like hurt him, but like hurt him. You know? But like, you know, hurt him a little yeah. bit. Just <laughs> make him feel it, though. Make yes. him feel it. Yeah. They got to know, you know, bad boys it up a little bit. I heard on your podcast, or we're just going to back and forth on your podcast, my podcast. About two or three weeks ago, you mentioned, like, are we like the most hated team now? Are we the villain? You know, you know what? Embrace the hell out of that, hell in my yeah. opinion. If you're going to be the bad guy, be the bad guy. All the way to dancing with Larry O'Brien. What do you think of that, JJ? Being the bad guy. Uh, Absolutely. You know, when the Warriors reign started, dude, I was the biggest hater out there just because all of a sudden down here in Arizona, all these Golden State fans just appeared out of nowhere. And I I mean, uh, people love to hate on greatness. You know, I hate for different reasons. You know, like I'm not the biggest Curry guy. I'm not the biggest Jokic guy. Uh, That's a big narrative going on right now. But uh, to be, you know, the villain, like in the league, when everybody's preying on your downfall, that means you're doing something right. You know, <laughs> the, yep. the Suns have basically just ran through uh, the whole league uh, with no hesitation, no Euro steps, just like just crowning players all like uh, through this whole this whole season. So, uh, yeah, like uh, we're going to leave a bad taste in a lot of teams mouths, you know, especially like the heat uh, the last time we uh, met up with the heat and with the bucks too, you know, the first game we like absolutely like de- uh, destroyed them in the second half. And then in uh, the second meetup against the bucks, basically our backups like almost won the game until like the last like two, three minutes of the game. So uh, th- there's definitely grudges out there and uh, nuggets too. the nuggets hate us in Utah. Yeah. So, uh, but we're we're leaving a lot of bad taste, uh, 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 you know, a bad taste in people's mouths and stuff. And you know, uh, rightfully so. You know, like uh, Twitter tells us that you know we need to be humbled and stuff. It's like, dude, we haven't been good in ten years. Uh, the first time we get to the playoffs, uh, uh, you know, we get to the finals, and and we're about to go to the finals again. Uh, knock on wood, but you know, yeah, but God, so. <laughs> God forbid, God forbid, we be happy with our success. That's I know. what's always interesting about ah. those comments. You know, there's like, well, you, how many rings have you won? It's like, oh my God, you're right. I shouldn't care that we just butt fucked the league the entire season. I should not care Two about that now. Row. Yeah, back-to-back yeah. seasons. Like, you're right. Oh my God, the fact that we don't have a ring, I guess I should just be quiet now and just go, you know, it's like, you know what? Let's let's embrace who we are. Let's have fun with this, okay? We've suffered for so long as as an organization, as a franchise, and as a fan base. We've suffered through shitty seasons, okay? And the bandwagoners come and the bandwagoners go. And welcome, bandwagoners. If you are a bandwagoner, this is your first time watching the He's On Fire podcast, good for you. Welcome. We want you here because that means you're going to get loud and you're going to help part of the Diablo gang, you know? You're going to do those things that are going to allow us to continue to be louder and louder, okay? I, I That's another thing that drives me crazy is when you see people like, oh, are you just a bandwagoner? It's like, who cares? I, I don't hmm. care. My wife's a bandwagon. She doesn't watch the Suns until the playoffs. I love it. 
It's true. <laughs> it's true. So let's go ahead and embrace everybody who wants to be a part of something that we're building here. That's what makes this fun is the entire fan base rising up and embracing being the villain right now. Because what happens essentially is with all the fouls that go against the Suns, guess what the Suns do? They start to complain. Yep. And now we're bitches. And now we're 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 you know overly sensitive and they're always crying. And I don't care, man. The Spurs cried their way to five championships. And we oh. were on the other side of that and we were frustrated. Manu well, Ginobili was the original. Yeah. And then you had Tim Duncan with the what? I've never done anything wrong. So you know what? If we're the team that's complaining because we're not getting the foul and the foul disparity is there, I don't care. It's valid in my eyes. I will defend this team because there's nothing anybody can say that says you don't have the right to do this. This team, this franchise, this fan base, this organization has earned every right to be whoever we want to be and to embrace it the way that we want to. Because we've been through hell. We've gone, you know, you just look at the history. It's a tortured, tortured history. I wrote a piece for Brightside at the beginning of the last season when Chris Paul first came to the team. And it was called, you know, welcome to the, or I forget the name of it, but it's like, essentially it was along the lines of, you know, welcome to the bandwagon. Here's a history of the Suns. And it's for anybody who was new because they wow. were Chris Paul fans. And I mm -hmm. broke down the entire history of the Suns and who, who we hate, who, you know, why our souls are tortured, everything along the way. It was, it was like a 6,000 word piece. What was your response to that from from fans and and chatter, all that stuff? Everybody loved it because it was a good introduction to the franchise. And you had people commenting like, yeah, I'm a CP fan. I follow CP where he goes. This is a good introductory piece. I created a form that people still tweet out to this day. It's like, you know, Suns bandwagon form and you can fill I've it out. I've seen that. That was yeah. you. That's awesome. Yeah, I created that last year. So I was ahead of the curve on that. But that's like I, I'm I'm one of the people who love the bandwagon fans. I love being able to talk casually to people because you have nerds like us, right, who talk about this team all the time, who know the intricacies. We're talking about campaign minutes. And then you got the people who are like, Devin Booker, I like him. I think he's a good guy. And like, I want to have that conversation with people. I want people to be like, like I was talking to somebody today and he's like, I don't like Devin Booker. I go, why? He goes, I don't know. I just, there's something about that guy. I'm like, well, and I told him the story after the 63rd game, how he signed the jersey and he gave it to Al McCoy. And he goes, I like Devin Booker now. So it's like, welcome to the fan base. Let's educate you a little bit, you know, but if, if you want to be a casual, be a casual. Be you, you do you. I'm talking way too much. Dude, no, I'm, an, I'm enjoying every second of this. <laughs> perception is reality. And there is a per certain perception about Devin Booker when he goes off and he does something and then he's over there talking to the rest because he's going to chirp at the rest before he they chirps even do everybody. And you I know, love so, it. so I love it. We love it. We're Suns fans, but I understand the perception of it. I hated Rashid Wallace. I hated him. I hated him. I hated him. And then I lived in Detroit or in Michigan when the 04 Pistons and Ben Wallace came up, man, watching, watching the Wallace brothers go at it. Yeah. That was fun to watch. And I became kind of a fan until we did JJ. You got a question. What's up? Oh, raise I just your hand to... like, like we're in school, guys. <laughs> I didn't want to interrupt, but um, uh, I just wanted to add, add add one more thing to the hater thing. You know, all the you know the Suns fans that are coming in this year, or just you know, like reaching out on, on YouTube uh, looking for Suns content, and you know what people's opinions are. You'll see consistently in the comments and just throughout Suns uh, or just NBA Twitter in general the. Is Golden State fans like the worst, talking man. hella shit, dude? Oh, hell like, here's yeah. The yeah, here's the thing though. We are like, they know we're the biggest threats to 
like putting a stake in the road, dude. Like, <laughs> like their yellow brick road is going to come to an end, I swear to God. So they know that and they won't admit it because they know this isn't the 2017-2018 Golden State Warriors. Amen. Are, are, do you guys uh, watch anything that Matt Burns puts out? No, you I've like, or, or, or no. Matt Barnes, I'm sorry. No, Matt, Matt oh. Barnes. Oh, no, no, I love Matt Barnes. I do too. I, I, lo- I love all the smoke. Yeah, I love all the smoke. Uh, he's on ESPN a bunch. Uh, I met him at a Kings game because he's like a commenter for the Kings. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's interesting, though, is there's one damn thing that he won't let go of. And he said at the beginning of the season that he thought that the Golden State Warriors are going to be the NBA champions this year. And he won't let go of that. Every time, like I was watching, I think it was something last night. And, and what sucked last night was, of course, the dominating story is everything relative to the Lakers. And they were at, they were doing a playoff um kind of preview and they avoided talking about the Lakers, which they joked about, but then they asked him, they go, what are your thoughts on golden state? And he goes, I think they're the most viable threat to the Phoenix suns. And I still think that they're going to win the championship. And it's one thing he consistently just like, won't let go. It's like, Matt, I love you. You got to let that go, man. I know you want to ring with them. Uh, you, you probably have a bunch of followers, and if you sway from your original opinion, you'll be looked down upon, especially from that Warriors Twitter gang that Jay's, you know, talking about. But at the same yeah. time, like, let that narrative go, dude. The, well, in my opinion, they're not the biggest threat. He doesn't even consider his title that he won with them legitimate because he didn't even play. Yeah. So sure. Matt Barnes, wild shot. One hundred percent. So kind of along this narrative of bandwagoners and whatnot now there's a, a different perception around suns fans um oh I, I wanted to bring up anybody else follow that dr guru the, yeah. the the famous uh he has a kevin durant profile pic he's the famous warriors fan and he just tweets out dumb shit all the time dr guru guru no, I do you know not. who i'm talking about or nba guru you know who i'm talking about jay yeah and uh uh to add to that i have a um a photo of what he actually looks like, and I have it in a folder. So once oh, he, he was at a Warriors game, and somebody took a picture of him one yeah. time, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. So I have, I actually have two. So I'm keeping them for the right moment. So when he starts saying some wild shit about the Suns, I'm gonna throw it, and 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 I know he's gonna block me, and I'm waiting for it. But I'm using it's like it. it's like Mike V Hill from the timeline. Oh don't yeah, know what his face looks like. <laughs> <That's> funny. <laughs> But uh, if you guys want it, I'll send it to you in private message. Yeah, but. yeah, please. So, <laughs> kind of along this bandwagoner thing, as we're watching the Clippers take a seven-point lead yet again, 90-83 to 83 after a Terrence Mann dunk and a timeout with 927 left, there is the perception that this is championship or bust this year. I have a hard time believing anybody is championship or bust nowadays, you know, except for... The 04 Lakers, when they added Carl Malone and Gary Payton, you knew that was coming to an end. You know what I mean? You, this isn't, we're not coming to an end this year. It's not the last dance. There's no last dance for anything. I don't get the sense in that. I understand your perception of thinking that because of where we got last year. I 100% get that. I don't feel that's the case. I was able to enjoy the season. John. Is this championship or bust, or were you actually able to enjoy this season? So first, can you read off the results of your Twitter poll? I had a Twitter poll about a handful of days ago, and I said, 
plain and simple, were you able to enjoy the the Suns this season? The answers were one, yes, enjoy it every minute, and two, nothing but a championship matters. Seventy one percent of the people, and I think there was like twenty five or twenty six people that voted, so not not a, not a lot, but enough to the fact where seventy one percent said championship or bust, which honestly to me was a little eye opening. So I voted on that poll, and I was one of the ones who said, yes, I am, I've enjoyed this season. Um, the, the key words for for me there are, are, are or bust. Or bust? Like, no, this isn't championship or bust, okay? This is, hell yeah, we expect a championship. But the, as you mentioned, this isn't the end of the road for the Phoenix Suns. This is a young, vibrant team who knows how to win, who's won two consecutive years in a row, who does have an aging point guard but does have assets available and uh, have the ability to continue this run. So it's not championship or bust. And I've never really been one of those people, maybe because I've never had the teams to have that perception. <laughs> you know, or Here's a great example, okay? I'm a Los Angeles Dodgers fan. Everybody fucking hates me for it. I get it. I never have no a championship. Yeah, I know. I know. We all have our heirs. Uh, the Diamondbacks are a walking heir. Um, the, the the Diamondbacks. Never heard of them before. Yeah, neither have they. They don't yeah. even do fly. They don't even do flyovers at their opening day now. How lame is that? They can't but, afford it anymore. I know. Owner. It's trash. But at the same time, from, even from a Dodgers perspective, I've never had a championship or bust mentality. So maybe I'm the wrong person to ask that question. But at the same time, I've thoroughly enjoyed this season because it's not always about the destination. It's about the journey, right? Yep. And this was a fantastic, amazing journey that we've experienced this year. Not only as podcasters who cover this, as fans who interact with other fans, as people who will always look back at this season and go, you know what? This team went 64 and 18 and we watched it and enjoyed it and absorbed it. This is the best regular season team in Suns history. You have to appreciate that. You can't sit there and go, yeah, they were good, but who gives a shit? Because you know what? Why do we always talk about the 2004, 2005 Phoenix Suns and the 92, 93 Phoenix Suns? Because they were 62 and 20. 62. They were the pinnacle of success in this franchise. Obviously, 92, 93, they went to the finals. You know, But if we're such, well, it's championship or bust, and we, all we give a shit about is the finals, then why does no one talk about the 42 and 40, 1976 Phoenix Suns? Obviously, only Dave King was around for them. But at the same time, like if if that's all that matters, then we would mention them with more. We would revere them more and reference them more. Because I'll tell you, a lot of you didn't watch the 92-93, son. Jay Joyce, how old were you in 92-93? Uh, negative. Bam. Like seven. So. Exactly. <laughs> the majority of our fan base is a young fan base that grew up on the seven seconds or less sons. So they revere yeah. the 92-93 sons not only – because they went to the finals, but because they were 62 and 20, they were a dominant force in the NBA. So we will yep. always remember the season for being a dominant force in the NBA. When I choose to look back at this, and again, it's a loaded question because we won't know exactly how we feel until we're five years down the line. And we can look back and like, remember what 21, 22, remember that team, remember what they did in fourth quarters. You can't sit here and say, no, I didn't enjoy that championship or bust again, my personal opinion. And my favorite sunshot of all time before the value value has now overtaken that there were, ah, there was kind of two of them. It was Dude, one. That's, it a, was, that's a great question all unto itself. What is the greatest sunshot of all yeah. time? To, I mean, it's the value because of, you know, Western conference yeah. finals and all that. Yeah, and we yeah, could yeah, also right. have the Charles Barkley shot in there as well, too. Yep. The one against for Spurs. me, for, for me, Stefan Marbury against the Spurs game. Yeah, one in the 2002. playoffs. 
Yeah. Come on. That was an incredible shot as an eight seed to win. Well, the remember first Sexy game. Rexy? And then my next one was Rex. Yeah. My, I, I, I vividly remember running downstairs, telling my mom because I, I turned the game on on my radio. I was listening to old Al McCoy and I, I think it was Cotton Fitzsimmons at the time. And I ran down, Mom, 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 we have to turn this on. You're supposed to be in bed. <laughs> yeah, but this is happening. And she turned it on and we got to watch the rest of overtime and she jumped up in the air and everything. She always had a crush on Dan Marley. So that was probably part <laughs> of it. But... Too. <laughs> <laughs> most, most popular dog name in the nineties in Phoenix, Marley, Marley. Yeah. I knew like three <laughs> wow. kids who had Marley. <laughs> so, but if we're talking about championship or bus or championships, you know, don't matter. Are we going to forget all about those times? Does you know half of these people don't even remember Stefan Marbury playing, and he had some great moments here. Signed a long term extension, and it just didn't work out. So what are we talking about then? You can't talk about any son's memories if that's your mentality. level, what, what, whatever you want to say. So that's that's kind of a bummer to have overall mentality, especially when we don't have superstars on a one year contract or something like that. <laughs> and to so, each its own. To each its own. If that's the way that people want to perceive it. Uh, good on you, but don't bring me down. Keep your negativity I, to yourself. I challenge you to think about this season 10 years from now if you have that mentality and then see what you think about it. Uh, right now, Clippers in Minnesota with eight minutes left. Clippers 93, Minnesota 86. Cat's about to shoot a free throw to pull He's gonna it within brick sticks. It. Brick. Brick. Go figure. Reggie Jackson's got it. And everybody in Minnesota is, is freaking out. So, Do you yeah, think Minnesota are. will be either... Uh, San Antonio or New Orleans in Minnesota, by the way. Yes, yes. Their offense is better than both of those teams. Uh, the Pelicans are kind of frisky, but I I think that no matter what, if it's the Pelicans that they're playing, it's going to be a high-scoring game because there's not a lot of defense there. If it's the Spurs, I'll be actually surprised. Uh, and they actually might give Minnesota more of a hard time just because they're fundamentally sound because Pop coaches them, but they just don't have the depth. Uh, but I really think mm -hmm. that Minnesota versus the Pelicans, it'll be high-scoring, but I think that Oh, sorry. Is that on cat? Is that number five or is that six? I don't, yeah, I think it was five. Five on cat. Oh, he fouled out. Fouled out. Carl Anthony Towns with seven minutes left in the game and his team down by how much? Six, seven? Cat fouls out. Playoff cat. Hey, hey, cat. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to, I couldn't, I couldn't move my. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Those of you listening, we're uh, we're, we're referencing the, the the motion he made after not dunking on Jay Crowder, going around Jay Crowder, you know? Oh, 11 points, three for 11. Five of them came from the free throw line. Yeah. Five rebounds, three assists, two steals, four turnovers. Yep. As, G as low, JV just vibes, it says in the chat, it says, Pop will outcoach T-Wolves and will win, which I can see happening, you know? So, I mean... Uh, this is, but again, this is good for the Suns. This is what we want to see. Again, the seven minutes to go, long way to go. Anthony Edwards is a dynamite score. Delos had a good game, surprisingly. Mm -hmm, he's uh, mm -hmm, he's yeah. creating space and he's looking okay. Uh, but again, now the pressure's on. Now we're going to find out who they are. And again, that's the difference between teams like Minnesota and the Suns. When the pressure's on, and we know that as fans, right? I mean, how many times did you watch the seven seconds or less Suns? And when the pressure was on, they would fold like a chair. Yep. This team doesn't do that. That's been the weirdest, funnest, most amazing part about this season is when the pressure, and, when the shots yes. are matter and are tough and are and every possession is it's the end of the game. We just execute. To, it's it's like 
I can't get over it. My dad calls me, who's a casual. Now he's more engaged because I'm calling him all the time. And I'm like, dad, you know, watch this fucking team. And he has dish network. So he doesn't get to see a lot of it, but he's like, John, this team, like they don't miss under five minutes. I go, yeah, it's, it's not supposed to be this way. This is every other team does this all the time. The Spurs have done this shit to us for 20 fucking years. Now it's our turn. And now it is our turn. And the thing that's so fun to watch is kind of going back to our point at the beginning with the officials and are we worried about it is like, yeah, we're chirping this and that. I feel like last year we let that stuff get into our head a little bit more. And Book especially, he would, you know, do two or three times down the court. He would shoot a pull-up 40-footer and then he would do iso book and turn it over or get bad shots. And then all of a sudden looking at the ref the whole time. Yeah, and he's mm-hmm. doing this the whole time. This year, I feel like that shit doesn't really matter. And we're able to persevere. We're getting through it, and we're taking things personal. And then just, bleh, but but, us- but using it as a fuel to the fire. Like, did you see his face in the Utah game that you didn't attend? <sighs> yes. I'm a son of a bitch, aren't I? <laughs> his face in that third quarter when he realized, he's like, oh, okay. Okay, yeah. you guys are going to fuck me every chance you can. Okay. And then he just executed and executed. And the team got behind him and down 17 points. They came back and they won that game. I mean, it was just beautiful the way that they used everything going against them and put it into production on the court rather than being a team like Minnesota. That's the issue with Minnesota. Minnesota is not a mature team. You have Pat Bev who already got like another technical fault fouled on him. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they they lack the emotional maturity that a Chris Paul brings to a team and has instilled in this team over two seasons yeah. to where they are calm, cool, collected killers. 100%. And I'm so sorry for not attending. I swear, <laughs> I thought they were going to be resting everybody. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to spend $120 on a ticket because they're expensive here. Uh, to go see that when they're just going to rest everybody, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to stay at home and do this and that. No, of course not. They all go. And you know, an- another point to how great this season was the first game that I got to go to out here. My nephews have never been to a pro game and they've only watched basketball here or there. They didn't know Devin Booker. And by the end of the game, they're like, wow, I love Devin Booker. Devin Booker is my favorite. I love the Suns, and they're born and raised in Utah. They should be jazz fans. All their friends probably at school are jazz fans, and they are Suns fans now. They're Sun Devil fans. They're Suns fans, and that's something that I'm going to cherish as well, too. It's little things like that, and I remember you said on – maybe it was our podcast or yours. You're going to remember this season because it was the year you traveled everywhere, and you got to do podcasts kind of on the road, and it – you know, helped your helped your mental a little bit be able to stay focused. Well, and not just that; it's like even right now. So I'm traveling this week for work, uh, which is hopefully no longer the norm. It's more the exception to the rule. But that being said, like I look back to the last time I was on the podcast when you know, and I can remember where I was when I was on the podcast. I can remember very specific things about the season and where I was for those because my scenery is constantly been changing, and the only consistent has been. Phoenix Suns basketball and to your point I have two nephews who I, I was bringing to games back in like 2016 mm. and you know and, and they're, they they live in Fresno they should how be old were old. they they were so so the one who's like really into it was god he's 16 now so whatever the math is on that 11, Eight, 9 10, 9, 10 9, 11 9, somewhere yeah there. somewhere right in there Devin Booker die hard even when the team sucked I go mm. I, t- I would tell my nephew I go watch this team Become a Suns fan because this team's about to explode. And to this day, like every Christmas, I get him a, a Suns jersey. He wears it. He wears it proudly, and he's right in the middle of like Warriors country. And now they're all. He's like 
they all hate me and I love it. And like, that's what it's about. Man. <laughs> like, yes. Yeah, let's go. That, that's your nephew or your younger my cousin? Nephew, my nephew. nephew. That's, that's so yeah. awesome. The joys of sports. Yes. Bringing people together. I absolutely connector. love it. Um, last question. And everybody in the chat, start posting your own questions. I want to put some questions up here for us to answer and for John as well. Where do you rank this team regular season? Where do you rank this Phoenix Suns team all time? Oh, one. 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 It's the best regular season ever. Period. Exclamation yep. point. Comma. Semicolon. Yep. I completely agree. I still see Facebook Suns. Oh, yeah, come on. Another another conversation. They still think there's like four games left in the season. Don't 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 hate on that. <laughs> they think we're in the playoff tournament, yeah. but a lot of them still <laughs> say the the 0405 team is the best. No, or somebody no. will say the 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 70s team that went to the finals against the Celtics with the shot heard around the world. That's yeah, another Garhard. one that could be the best shot yeah. of all time. In fact, I might I might ask that in a second here. And they still think that Charles Barkley team would would crush us. And I just look at that bench versus this bench now and. I, I don't see any comparison there. I love me some Oliver Miller. Don't get me wrong, but that ain't it. Well, that was a great team, and it was a deep team. And the way the impact that that team had on the Valley at the time was revolutionary, if you will. True. And the 2004-2005 Suns were revolutionary as well because of the way that they played that fast-paced offense. So I could definitely see arguments for those, but I think the proof is in the pudding and the product that this team has put together. If you're talking basketball, holistically, this is the best basketball team that has ever played for this city because they are complete. They are killers, as we mentioned before. They can beat you on offense. They can beat you on defense. They can beat you 10 different ways. The seven seconds or less, Suns, they could beat you with offense. They weren't yep. shutting you down in the fourth quarter and you were only putting up 18, right? Couldn't they were just trying to now. run you off the court. Okay, that 92-93 team was a very versatile team and could beat you a bunch of different ways. And, I mean, they ran into the greatest player of all time, okay, and Michael Jordan. Fair enough. Okay, but at the same he time, he didn't hit the shot to beat us. That always pisses me off. Well, what's or yeah, but, make the pass? But what's interesting about that is he's the one who scored all 14 points for the Bulls in that quarter. Those were the first and only points in that quarter not scored by Michael Jordan. He kept. If you go back and you watch that game, it's fucking painful because the Suns were they were this close the entire fourth quarter to just blowing the Bulls out, and they couldn't score either. And Jordan just kept a minute, kept a minute, kept a minute, and then collapsed everything on that final play. It, you know, pass inside, pass outside, packs and hits it. But again, that gr that great Phoenix Suns team, uh, for what it did for the city, it'll always be remembered. Oh. But is the greatest? No. Go. Minnesota's up two now. What the hell? Oh, I turn shit. away. I make one point. Wow. <laughs> Minnesota's up two. Trade Carl no. Anthony Towns. He's garbage. Oh, my gosh. Trade him for DeAndre Ayton, right? Walk that. <laughs> I am off that train officially as, as opposed to where I was, I was last never year. on it. Oh man, that, that was a wild time, but Minnesota up to four and a half to go. This game is getting interesting, but real, real quick before, before we go to uh, a couple questions in the chat here, what is the greatest shot of all time? Now that's really got me, got shot me wondering. Of all time or sun's shot of all time. Greatest sun's shot of all time. JJ, do you, do you have one that comes off? I mean, for me, it's, I think it's gotta be the Valley Oop. Uh, man, yeah, the Valley Oop was just perfect in every in every yes. which way you look at it. You know, the like the game was on the line in the playoffs, Western Conference playoffs, and you know, and history proceeded to unravel itself uh, uh, a few weeks uh, later. Um, for me personally, 
Uh, my favorite sunshot ever, or just performance in general, is when Booker dropped a seventy. Well, he should have had seventy three, but uh, that uh, that that three on top uh, of the uh, of the arc uh, when Jared Dudley fell over, and uh, it was like a foul before the shot and stuff. But that was probably my favorite shot that reeled me back into you know the Suns world again. You know, that's nice when yeah. So that brought me back. I mean, I was already like. Like, I, I came in that season again, but yeah, that sort of reeled me back into like, okay, I'm head over heels with the team. I'm gonna just evaluate uh, going forward. But uh, yeah, like uh, in the 0506, you know, I was five years old, six years old, so I couldn't really uh, draw anything out. But the Cam Johnson uh, game winner against the that Knicks. That was fun. That was fun. Uh, that, that was a fun game. Uh, fuck the Knicks can't stand them you know <laughs> but uh yeah if i had to pick one it'll be uh, uh like the the final nail of the coffin from uh, uh devin booker when he hit that 70 so that, yeah, it's, that it's one. tough because like the significance of the value is the that, that's the hev- most heavily weighted shot yeah right there's well, so much on the line be, be, before you go farther what about this one right here what about this one if anybody remembers this one oh just a shot oh. heard around the world gar heard Gar heard. <laughs> what what about this one? 1968. Yeah. Shot heard around the world yeah. in the finals to force triple overtime. Yeah, didn't we lose that overtime? Well, that's not the point. It's to force well, overtime. I get it. I get it. That if you go back and you watch that game, it's insane. Like before all that, before the shot heard around the world, like Paul Westfall made an amazing play where he fouled on purpose to cause a technical foul at, because that's what if you fouled on purpose it was a, or he called it he called a timeout that when they didn't have one and it caused the Celtics to have to take a shot then the Suns got possession Lovely I forget it, it, it's something very interesting uh but then the, the the everyone in the garden was drunk that night and they had been going all night and it was like triple overtime and they like rushed the court at the end of like second overtime and one of them like punched the ref and then, like, they had to get everyone back in the stands and finish the Ooh. game. It's one of the – if you go back yep. and you watch that game, it's one of the most craziest fucking games ever. But, yeah, the – I was going to say, from a pure reaction standpoint, I think the greatest reaction I ever had to a Suns shot, there's two that are very distinct. One is is uh, Booker in the bubble. That was fantastic. I remember I was at work. Uh, it was COVID times, so I had – my Marquetessin was closed. But that's where I was watching the game. And right outside my Marquetessin was our pool complex. And I was watching that game, and then when he hit that shot, I started yelling, screaming. I ran outside, and everyone looked at me like I was a crazy person because I didn't have my mask on, and I was yelling and screaming. And then the other one was the uh, – well, it was kind of two in the same season. 2007, Raja Bell hits that three in the corner against the Clippers, mm-hmm. and you had the Tim Thomas three against the Lakers in the, the series prior. And both of those, I was at a bar that I used to go to all the time called Uncle Sam's. It's not there anymore. It's on Scottsdale and Thomas. And just the reaction uh-huh. in that bar – and the, the sense of community, uh, those are the fun moments when you're around a bunch of people mm-hmm. and like and the value. I was around Matthew and my and nephew Hayden and a bunch of my family. So that was fun as well. So those are kind of the moments that really stick to me when it comes to the greatest shots in Suns history. Yeah, that Tim Thomas the, one was, was I love the Tim Thomas one because it was the Lakers. It was game yes. six. He did the one um, dribble move. Boom. It was yep, it, exactly. Wasn't there wasn't Raja Bell suspended for that game, too? That was the one he was suspended for. Because of the clothesline for Kobe. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That if, was was the Kobe clothesline in the playoffs? Yeah, you're right. That was, that was game five, and then yeah. they had to travel to L.A. and he couldn't do it. He was at a bar in L.A. Yeah. and he couldn't go, and then come back for game seven, and we were down three one. 
Well, but ga- game seven, though, didn't we kick the shit out of them in game seven? We, we yeah. scraped the floor. Yeah, with them, man. Yeah, I'll never forget that, that was awesome. Then the next series was Raja was the, Bell was the Clippers. Yeah, in the corner. Yep. Just boom, boom. For <sighs> for me, it's got to be just because of my feels. I'm going to go with Rex Chapman. Yeah, that's a great of one. Where too. I was as a kid and everything, just, you know, just starting to really understand basketball. After that, for me personally, Stefan Marbury and and all of that, because I used to get teased all the time in Michigan for wearing sun stuff just oh, all the time. I loved. And Stephon so to come Marbury. back on school the next day, that was amazing. And this was on the heels of the, the 2001 World Series, by the way. This was the yeah. 2002 playoffs. Yep. And so the fall before. Arizona won the, the World Series that year. And then I go with the Valley Oop. And again, that's a reminder, Suns fans. One, there's no correct answer. And two, as as you mentioned, Coach, it's all about where you were in the moment, how you felt. It's all emotional-based, right? Yeah. Sports draws out our emotions, not our logic. Go to Twitter. Go to Facebook. There's no logic there. It's all emotional, okay? <laughs> so when you look back on this season – you're only going to perceive it on how you felt during the season. And that's why I think that this past season is going to be so special because of all the different feelings. As I mentioned, this was a beacon of guiding light throughout for me throughout the, my entire, uh, in my personal life, it was just this great consistent uh, winning that I got to go while I'm on the road, sit down, talk with, uh, you know, all my son's friends and talk about this amazing team. So if you don't value that, that's okay. That's you, but it ain't me, babe. Mm. As Johnny Cash once sang. JV has a good question in here. If anybody has any other quicker questions, I'd love to get them in before we get out of here on a little bit of a shorter pod. JV, I don't know if I can answer this because I think this warrants the rest of the season being played out. But where do you rank this in terms of Arizona sports history for Ugh. the season? Cardinals, D-backs, and whatnot. Yeah, I'll let you know at the end say, of the season. Yeah, I'll let you know at the end of the season where it stands right now. Great you know, question. if they, if, they, if they win the championship, obviously that's going to be it for everybody. But right Number now, one. I got the I got the Diamondbacks up there because it's our only yeah. championship. You gotta have to. And it was I special would, the way that it happened too. That was it was one hundred percent special. And nine eleven, and that I thought we were going to lose because we had to play the Yankees. Just oh yeah, for that everybody reason. in the country outside of Boston Red Sox fans were going for the Yankees. I was at games two, six, and seven. Wow. It was pretty Game fun. one, blowout. Game two, blowout. Game three was a close one. And it was game four and game five, I believe, was the Byung Kyung Kim yeah. uh, screw-ups. I don't think it was yeah. game three. Because I remember Miguel, but was it Miguel Batista <laughs> or, or whoever the pitcher yeah. was just sh- sh- pitching an absolute gem. gem. Yeah. And we should have won that. Or maybe it was Brian Anderson. Maybe it was Brian Anderson in game four. And then Byung Kyung Kim gave it up, but well, he, game yeah, he five, Byung Kyung Kim twice, James, Paul yeah. O'Neill, uh, game Scott seven Brocious. or game Scott Brocious, yes, thank you. Game six was Kurt Schilling. No, that was Randy Johnson. Game six, yes, that's where we beat the shit out of him. My first beer at a ballpark when I was nineteen. Yes, let's my, go. Yeah, my mom bought me a beer. They ID'd me. I gave them my fake ID. My mom's like, you have a fake ID? And I said, yes. And then she's like, cheers. And we drank and just got got fun. <laughs> now that and is get, lemonade like grandma. And, and then game there. seven, we might, you know, it was my mom and I. So, I mean, I go to all those. For those of you following me on Twitter, like every year, I go to opening day with the Dimebacks every year with my mom. We were season ticket holders for a long time. She loves the Dimebacks. Uh, I don't dislike the Dimebacks. I just love the Dodgers. So whenever the Dodgers come to town, and I, I wear my Dodger shit on opening day, and it's always the running joke, like, why do you do this to me? As I'm like, you, you raised me. You know, I mean, it's 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 all fun. It's all part of the game. 
And uh, but the, it all stems back from those memories back. My mom's from New York. My grandfather was a huge Yankees fan growing up. Uh, so when they came to town, my mom put up the cash and she's like, let's go to game two. And then she told me we we're going to game six. And then once they beat us, I was like, oh, my God, that's so awesome. She's like, well, we'll be here tomorrow night. And I'm like, what? I love you. you know, so I got one of the most kick ass moms that's- in the world. That's incredible, and, and that Mom. game seven might be one of oh. the best. That's one of the best games of. Well, all after time. Soriano hit that home run in the seventh uh, inning, in the seventh, the seventh inning, you're like, "Fuck, this is over." Mariano Rivera was lights out. His, if you go back, and I don't remember his exact statistics in the postseason, it was like point seven one, wasn't it? And, and if you look at his record, he's got a gazillion saves, he's got eight wins, and he has one loss. And that one loss happened on November fourth, two thousand one, in downtown Phoenix, Arizona. And right before that inning. A bunch of wind started blowing around inside the stadium, and it started to rain a little bit. And it was the weirdest thing. And it was almost like fate was washing off the mystique and aura, because that was the whole Yankees thing back then, mystique and aura. And it would like wash it off, and then boom, we won. Yes, yes I'm yes, a Dodgers Davey. fan. I was born in Arizona, and when I was three in 1985, I moved to Los Angeles. 1988 World Series, Dodgers win. I grew up in LA, a Dodgers fan. A championship again emotionally based and i moved back here in 94 and they didn't have a baseball team so until two, uh, 1998 so i bleed blue it's a beautiful nothing color you, blue nothing you can do about it again he's not perfect but well, we love him is. for it anyways nobody is. we love him for it anyways um so yeah jv it, it's hard to place that you can you can talk about the kurt warner sons going to the super bowl even though that was an absolute mediocre season you can talk about the 2015 sun season and you know our cardinal season excuse me and after that you know to lose the cam start- was so frustrating oh yeah yeah yeah, and then really you talk yeah. about last year's Suns team as well, too, and where they got. So I want to save that till afterwards because that will definitely yeah. be a thing. Meanwhile, this Minnesota Clippers game, Clippers down by six right now with the ball. 130 left to go. They've got the ball. Reggie Jackson dribbling it down. Paul George for three. Bang, bang. Three-point yeah. game. 125 to go. You. Where does I'm- Minnesota execute here with no Carl Anthony Towns. They've been able to hit some threes. They've been able to do some things. Can they execute against all these perimeter wings? They got well, a pick and roll like... going. D'Lo. D'Lo goes up for a, a free throw line jumper, misses. Powell with a rebound out to Paul George. He's going along. They do a little take foul, which I, I can't wait for them to change that rule next Amen. year with the take foul, John. Um, while we got a second and talking about refereeing with the take foul, what is, what are your thoughts on the foul discrepancy or not discrepancy this year with the offensive foul rule that they changed kicking out the, the legs and all that stuff. Was it better for the likes of like Luca, Trey and Harden to not get those calls this year? It was better for them not to get those calls. It was detrimental to their game. Of course it's better for the game. It's better for the game. It's better for the game without a doubt. And I, it's because it, it ruins the sport. It's it rewards non-basketball moves. Mm-hmm. And this is basketball. So stop, you know, calling the ticky tack crap. Let these guys play. Uh, I think one of the things that's kind of frustrating. Oh, Reggie Jackson misses a layup. Um, what, what's kind of annoying is that it's kind of fallen back into the ways where they're rewarding it. So I'll be interested to see how it's officiated in the postseason. Paul George was getting a few offensive fouls for his push off. I don't know yeah, if anybody he else always does that. that fucking push yeah. up. I'm glad they mm-hmm. called that finally. Did that mm-hmm. all last season. Oh, they called a foul. Yeah, they so rarely do. Like, uh, like in the beginning of the game, they didn't call it until like, um, like the third quarter. Uh, that that was like the first one, and he was like, but, <laughs> but um, 
Uh, yeah, uh, I, I love the rule change uh, because Trey Young was so annoying with that. Then Curry yeah. as well. But and James Harden, but now, too. Uh, yeah, James Harden, like, um, he's still his career's arms. like over now. <laughs> yeah, it's like over. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but like, the, my biggest issue right now is like the kicking out of the legs during a three because. Like anytime you go against Utah, all of a sudden Donovan and uh, Jordan Clarkson, all of a sudden they're kicking their legs out, and they get it every time. And I'm like, 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 what the fuck, you know? And it's like, oh, like, watch, like, if we play against the Warriors and like in the third round, second round, whatever, um, like it's gonna be like that. Like even though they shoot as straight as you possibly can every other day, all of a sudden they're kicking their legs out. So yeah, uh, that's my biggest issue uh, right now. I don't think you can change that. Landing in someone's like landing zone as a defender is is a big move. Like even when I was playing as a youth, I knew not to do that. I knew right. to keep my feet clear. Right. But all the but like these guys don't know how to do it. So it, it, like like I've rolled my ankle plenty of times, and what my jump shot, I'm not jumping hella vertical. But you land on a foot like four inches up, and then you land on it like you're gonna roll your ankle, dude. So. Imagine how those guys are. Like, yeah, seriously. So world class athletes, you know, six foot eight, two hundred and forty pounds. Coming shout out, out Zaza like, Pachulia. Yeah, shout out Zaza Pachulia. <laughs> I'm glad that I'm glad his rule. Did that. We got one more uh, question in here, and then we're gonna jump out of here. Darth, who will be the X factor for the Suns? The Suns will go as Mikael Bridges and Cam Johnson go. The Twins. The Twins. Absolutely. They, you know, they're they're wing players. They're highly effective. Uh, Mikael Bridges on defense and uh, uh, Mikael, uh, Cam Johnson on defense and offense. I mean, that's what it comes down to, in my opinion, is how does this team uh, and how do they how effective are their wings? Because yep. those are the two things. Those are, you know, especially if uh, with Mikael Bridges, he's a he's the fourth or fifth option on offense. He starts putting together. No, go back and look at last season. Anytime we scored like 20 points in the playoffs from Mikael Bridges, like we won those games. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the long and yeah, short of it. I completely agree. And anything we can get out of Jay Crowder, the better. So is going to win this game. God damn it! Uh, yeah, we talked about it uh, yesterday uh, about who's going to be the X factor, and I and uh, the issues that people were bringing up during the finals run last year is uh, our you know our big men death, and then having a possible third scorer. Mm-hmm. And uh, people uh, kind of count out a CP being that third scorer. I'm kind of on the same boat too because he's not putting up the shots like that. He can make them, he just isn't. So if we're gonna have that third score, it's gonna be either Mikhail or Cam. If I had to put money on it, it'll probably be Mikhail because his offensive bag is a lot deeper this year. Yeah. So if Mikhail is putting up 20, Aiden's putting up 15 and 15 with a couple blocks, CP has his like t- at 10 and 12 stereotypical stat line and Booker's just doing his thing. We're not losing, dude. We're, we're, we're just not. So. We're right where we need to be. And the defense um, that we play, too. And, yeah, and the defense that yeah. we play. You guys, watch out for fourth quarters. I want to see the difference between third quarter uh, play style and offense and defense and what we do to start the fourth quarter. Because that's yeah. something that Pop did so well and then what were their rotations with five minutes left what kind of defensive rotations were they doing i think deandre ayton we've i think we've saved some things for da i think monty has saved a few things i think you're I think right we're gonna see i think we're gonna yeah. see more i don't know if we're gonna see iso with deandre ayton you know i don't know if that's gonna be the game plan but i think we're gonna see a more involved 
DeAndre Ayton. Don't be surprised if that man averages 24 and 16. That'd be That's fantastic. my two cents. Ooh, that is go. my two cents. Let's and go. he will hit two threes in a playoff game. He will do it. If he has a if he has a Minnesota game again in the playoffs, like like I'm just saying, dude. Like, <laughs> uh, what do you mean a Minnesota game in the playoffs? A uh, his, uh, his uh like uh him breaking his uh uh his uh, uh scoring uh record. Oh, oh, oh I got yeah. you. From when we played them earlier, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He will. It, I don't think it matters who they play. You guys, thank you so much for coming on tonight, everybody in the chat. Uh, please share this out. Thumbs up it. Hit it up on Spotify, Google Playlists. Give us a five-star review as well, too. Thank you for coming by. John, give us a shameless plug to your podcast and where to find you. Of course, I'm John Voida, a.k.a. Darth Voida on Twitter. You can follow us at Suns Jam. <laughs> Got half a Buffalo Wild Wing down there. Uh, and you can follow my co-host at Matthew Lissy as well. And we are live streaming after every Phoenix Suns game on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. The best post-game Suns podcast out there. I do not claim to be a post-game podcast. It just so happens that for the past six damn weeks, they played on every single Wednesday <laughs> and Sunday. <laughs> what are you going to do? And they're going to play Sunday again. Fortunately, we will not be with you guys Sunday uh, as I will be out of town for uh, Happy four days going, going to Zion. Mm -hmm. Never been to Zion in the National Park down there, so really looking forward nice. to getting down there and getting some sun and whatnot. But we will be back tomorrow night with John's best friend, Dan Duarte. He's going to be joining us. On Thursday, we are going to have Matthew Lissy joining us. And then on Friday, the man that created the logo for He Is On Fire podcast and the intro song, the homie Jails, he's coming on. He knows a lot about basketball. Lived with him for quite a while as a Kobe fan. That was awful, and we're going to discuss that. Overall, he was a huge Iverson fan. So not vlogs, Allen Iverson. He was more a fan of players as opposed to teams um, to the point That's where he job. wanted a Jordan Clarkson Jersey. And I actually went into the jazz team store and I bought a Utah jazz Jersey to send it to him. I couldn't believe I did it uh, real quick. 104, 108 right now, 12 and a half to go. John, you've got it a little closer to I am. I have yeah, it. They're going to foul I'm with 6.4. Foul left. All right. Yeah, Everybody Minnesota go home. Everybody go home and love your families, right? Thank you guys for tuning in. We will see you guys tomorrow night. Cheers, everyone. Go Suns. See you, guys. Bang! None of them can hang. Running with the gang. No need to explain. I pull up and it's They cannot contain me moving through the lane. Every little setback, I step back and then it's fine.